Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But what else is going on? Time for What's Happening. What's happening? Our trending stories brought to you by directbuyers.com. The hassle-free way to sell your home at a fair price in 10 days or fewer. Directbuyers.com. Well, Long Beach Unified School students were planning, are planning, I should say, a multi-campus walkout tomorrow to protest school shootings. Um this is not unusual. There have been several other schools, school districts around the country that have done similar things like this. Uh, I don't know, don't know enough high school students currently uh, about to, to ask them, is this something that you are honestly concerned about or is it something you're doing to walk out and get out of class for the day? I'd uh, say at this level, it's pretty uh, it's it's something that they're concerned about. I mean, just in terms of the last 10 years or so. Uh, but, you know, you could say the same about a lot of places as well. But, you know, you always have those kids that are looking for any chance to to get out of class. Did you hear about this uh, cannibalism and oh. ritual sex abuse of children story coming out of Utah? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, one uh, county attorney race there, um, an incumbent, was forced to deny claims that he and his wife engaged in cannibalism and ritual sexual abuse of children. Do you remember the... Do you remember Aqua Buddha? No. Oh, I got to see if I can find that whole story. There was a similar thing. I want to say this was Virginia, West Virginia, something like that, where somebody was making claims that one of the candidates for whatever office it was was involved in a weird cult. And the term Aqua Buddha kept coming up. And that became a theme in the opponent's um, uh, election paraphernalia all the the commercials all of the mail outs everything included the term aqua buddha what is aqua buddha this is in this case this guy had to tell everybody uh david levitt he and his wife had both been investigated for being part of an alleged abuse ring. He lashed out at the Utah County Sheriff's Office for announcing this investigation into these QAnon-type claims that they were running these sex, child sex abuse cannibalism rings that operated in Utah. That... Uh, they had been cleared of any wrongdoing years ago, and they said that the Utah County Sheriff made this announcement as a way to hurt him politically because they've got an upcoming election. He says this was debunked more than 10 years ago, that it was dismissed by someone who was not in any respect affiliated with me, and it wasn't even investigated in a serious way. That uh, it was a woman who was tragically mentally ill that had accused him and his wife of cannibalizing young children, murdering young kids, allegations that were totally unfounded. <laughs> um, there was an okay, so it was <laughs> it was a Rand Paul and his Senate opponent Jack Conway going after each other about what Aqua Buddha was and whether or not Paul was a, a member of a secret society at Baylor University. 
that called the Holy Bible a hoax, banned for mocking Christianity and Christ. And here was the commercial. It said, why did Rand Paul once tie a woman up, tell her to bow down before a uh, false idol, and say his God was Aqua Buddha? (laughs) So... It's ridiculous. I mean, the things, listen, politicians are idiots, right? I mean, generally, there's no reason why we can't all agree on that. Well, it looks like LeBron James is the first active NBA player to become a billionaire. That's a lot. How in the world was Jordan not the first billionaire? Considering the amount of things that he had coming to him, the the amount of income streams that he had available to him, maybe... It just didn't make that kind of money back then. Yes, it was just that also that... You know, Le- you wonder why Joe Montana's signing Skechers at convention halls. You know, it's like you, <laughs> there just wasn't the kind of money there is now. I guess. Uh, I'm wor- worried about my dad because he is traditionally a Celtics fan, uh, but in the recent years jumped on that Golden State Warrior bandwagon. How's he going to handle these finals? Who's he going to root for? I don't know. I don't know either. They do. You should worry about him. You should ask him how he's doing. Yeah. Uh, Amber Heard is going to appeal Johnny Depp's defamation win, according to her lawyer. You heard it yesterday right here at about this time on this show where the jury awarded Johnny Depp $15 million in damages, but there's actually a limit to how much you can get in punitive damages in the state of Virginia. So $10.35 million in damages. Amber Heard would only get $2 million in her countersuit. So um, th- basically her lawyer is saying there's no way that she can pay this. That's what definitely, we were saying yesterday. Definitely not the $10 million in compensatory damages. And uh, I think it was Handel who said this morning that punitive damages can't be wiped away with a bankruptcy. Those are going to follow you uh, like herpes. So, Well, I know how to keep people happy at work. Are you ready? That's a drum roll. Okay. Summer Fridays. Summer Fridays are the key to employee happiness. This was a poll that found over half of its 2,000 participants enjoy when their companies allow a short day on Friday or the full day off. Well, of course that people do. What do you think they're going to say? No, I'm happier working late into the day on a Friday. This is the same thing with, with schools. When my kids were in elementary school... If they did a minimum day, like a teacher in service day or preparation day or whatever they called it, they would do it on Thursdays because they wanted to make sure that kids would show up on Friday. Because if you do a half day and leave early on Friday, you're just going to take that Thursday night is when you leave for your vacation because you're only missing a half a day of work slash school the next day. Good Lord. Well, tomorrow is National Donut Day. We've been talking about donuts all week. What is your favorite? Where's your favorite spot to go? There was a list of 100 greatest spots to go in the country when it comes to donuts. And uh, Mondo decided to trek over to one of those spots today. Winner. We are the winners. We are the winners. For his effort. Yes. Uh, SK Donuts and Croissant. Uh, Leah Tay is the daughter of the owners of uh, SK Donut. You can find them on the on the website, SK Donut to go, the number two. SK Donut was ranked number two in the country from this list on Yelp. Leah, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Hi, no problem. Thanks for having us. Uh, talk about your business. Where did this come from? How did uh, how did your parents get um, get into this business of donuts? 
Well, actually, it all started in Cambodia. Uh, my my grandparents actually they uh, immigrated here in the late 70s during the the war in Cambodia, and they actually um, they bought the shop in 1989, and the rest was history. They ran 24 hours with just them two, little English, and then in 2007, my parents decided to take over and. Now we're here today. Some of the most popular donuts there are the scronut, the apple fritter, the donut holes, the maple bacon, yum, blueberry cake, fruity mm-hmm. pebbles. How do you come up with these creative selections? Um, honestly, the brains behind most of it is my mom. Uh, she really brainstorms all the time ways to elevate our donuts to make make us stand out. Um, give different options to our customers and we just really try to give the most variety out there. I'm, I'm almost a little mad looking at these donuts. When, when Mondo <laughs> brought them in today, um, uh-huh. he, I can't even describe the different kinds of donuts because there were cronuts in there. There were at least two different kinds of cronuts. There were, yeah. there were normal looking ones. Like there was one plain cake donut, but there was also mm-hmm. a lemon covered poppy seed donut that was a vegan yeah. concoction as well i mean mm-hmm. these do you have a favorite you get to eat them all you want but do you have a favorite um i have my phases sometimes i just can't even look at the donuts uh some t- some months <laughs> i'm like yeah, yeah some months i'm like i just need a donut every day probably right now it would be like our chocolate boston cream or our regular glaze that's my go-to right now that regular glaze was not regular it was really good (laughs) (laughs) thank you shannon didn't even try to eat the whole thing she only i didn't eat the whole well because i wanted to try a couple of them you know Mm -hmm. yeah didn't want to just commit to one i was at least brave enough to down the whole blueberry one did you yeah Yeah, without apology (laughs) without apology i might add oh (laughs) Um, but when you guys, uh, on the website, you have a bunch of different options for people. Um, how's that working? I mean, you guys have obviously had some, some weird hurdles perhaps that you've had to get over because of COVID and restaurant regulations and all that sort of thing. How have you survived? Yeah. Um, honestly, we didn't really take that much of a hit, which is a blessing. Um, yeah, our community around us, they really supported us from the start. We were closed for, I think, about a few months before the start of COVID. Yeah, it was really scary. Everything was so uncertain, but really our customers really held it down for us. Well, you all do a great job. How how long is the line there in the morning, I got to ask? And has it gotten longer Um, since you've been uh, publicized as being on this list? um, We have. uh, It's Honestly, it's. It's, it's really not that long. We try to be as efficient as possible inside the shop. So I feel like at most you'd wait in line and maybe like 20 minutes, even if it's wrapped around the block. Wow. We really try to, yeah, we try to get our customers, you know, in on time. So, yeah. That's incredible. Well, congratulations and uh, thank, you. thank you for the service you provide us all. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, guys. You bet. Leia Tay there from SK Donuts and Croissant. And of course, you can um, go on their website, SK Donut, D O N U T, to go. The number two, D O N U T, the number two, go.com. Also, social media, SK Donuts LA is where you find uh, them on social media. So, very, very cool. And it was, they were. 
my understanding was that Mondo was going to bring them tomorrow because tomorrow is National Donut. No, Day. I'm bringing them so, tomorrow from my donut guy. He was going to bring them today. So get I just, ready. I feel like maybe two let days out some of those of donuts, pants. I might have to wear like loose clothing tomorrow. Just I just to, don't want my donut guy to be sad on National Donut Day. I want to give him as much business as possible. So tomorrow it's we It's not about us. It's about the donut guy. Tomorrow's a tenting day, right? We're just tenting tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow. I'd wear your, your gray moo-moo. <laughs> the gray, nondescript, <laughs> zero-shape moo-moo. Yes. Okay. I'll have to pick whichever shade of gray, but yes, I'll grab one of those. Well, it's time we uh, jump into the world of politics and Washington, D.C. with Swamp Watch. The swamp is horrible. So government doesn't work. Come on, man. You're gonna make this like a, a reality TV show. Corn Pop was a bad dude. It's always a pleasure to be anywhere but Washington, D.C. Hey, Joe. Hey, Esther. <laughs> a town all too clearly built on a swamp, and in so many ways, still a swamp. That's a bunch of malarkey! Somebody said, drain the swamp. I said, oh, that's so hokey. Keep yapping, man. Swamp Watch! You know the thing. Well, it looks like the House is quickly working to put its stamp on gun legislation in response to the mass shootings that we've seen by a couple 18-year-olds until last night in Tulsa. But they use semi-automatic rifles to kill 31 people, including 19 children. Of course, partisan positions clear at the Judiciary Committee yesterday. This legislation that would raise the age limit for purchasing semi-automatic rifles from 18 to 21. The bill would also make it a federal offense to import, manufacture, or pro uh, possess large capacity magazines would create a grant program to buy back these types of things. Well, we are expecting President Biden to make comments today. He's expected, according to the White House, to deliver prime time remarks uh, 4.30 hour time, and we're going to carry them live here on KFI, so you'll be able to hear them. He... Um, Apparently, according to the White House statement, said that he'll talk about the recent tragic mass shootings, the need for Congress to act, to pass common sense laws to combat the epidemic of gun violence that is taking lives every day. Karine Jean-Pierre, the press secretary, said he will renew his call for action by Congress. It just doesn't uh, it hasn't presented itself what would last or pass through the Senate. Yeah, and we know that they have been. We've talked about in the last several days. There are bipartisan groups of senators that have been talking about different um, plans, in some cases plans that have been worked on before but never came to fruition or never came to the floor of the Senate in terms of actually getting a vote. So possibly this changes. Biden did say earlier this week that he's not confident that Congress would be able to pass gun reform legislation. And when asked about it, Corinne Jean-Pierre uh, said that the, the president understands that some negotiations require giving Congress a little bit of space. He did say he would be involved, that he would uh, use whatever power he can and whatever experience he has in the Senate to try to see some of his friends through this process. But um, across the way in the Supreme Court, there is an interesting, uh, I guess, environment that has sort of taken shape especially since we saw three conservative justices confirmed to the court under Donald Trump and the addition of the leaked of, uh, draft opinion from last month regarding the potential to overturn Roe v. Wade. There is uh, – Bloomberg came out with a story regarding the 
the historic case backlog that exists right now, there are still 33 opinions. That's about 53% of the expected total in argued cases. And the term is coming to an end by the end of June. So among those rulings, obviously the big one is whether or not abortion will continue to be protected and whether it means more handguns on the streets. I can understand. I don't know if the Supreme Court does this, but they would potentially push that back if this was if the handgun ruling especially was supposed to come out soon, just in terms of trying to take some of the pressure off, moving it farther down into their calendar. There's a lot of drama right now with this Supreme Court. The scandal of that leaked Roe v. Wade decision undermining the credibility of the court and then their their way of going about finding out what happened is to have their clerks hand over their cell phones, sign affidavits. Um, some clerks have tried to see whether they should hire outside counsel. Yeah, I mean, it shouldn't be on them that something like this could have happened. Um, one of the other things is the, the internal politics of the court itself. We have often heard, I don't know any Supreme Court justices, current or former, we have heard, though, that there is a very respectful and honest friendship between the nine justices on the Supreme Court. There used they, to be, at least. There used to be. Yeah. And, and, and it's because they've all reached this level of the, the absolute highest level they can achieve when it comes to American jurisprudence. But when you think about... Where they are in terms of the the fracture, the pressure of them and the pressure on them and the decisions that they're about to make. Clarence Thomas said about the leaked opinion that it deeply damaged the institution, that it undermined the trust amongst those nine people. Right. Um, And that he compared the current membership unfavorably. He said during the late 90s and early 2000s, it was fabulous. Everybody liked each other. They all they didn't have to agree legally or um, politically or legally, but they liked each other mm-hmm. and they liked being around each other. And it's kind of indic. It's like a microcosm of the country, isn't it? Well, absolutely. Where it's like we used to, you know, you'd have friends that that you didn't agree with politically, and it was fine, and things didn't get heated, and you it, just didn't you, talk you didn't about even, politics. No, you didn't talk about it. You certainly didn't see all of your friends' opinions every day on Facebook as you scrolled through there, and uh, and now you know, and you look at the the transition of power from. From George H.W. Bush to Bill Clinton and the note he left, you know, and how things have become so divisive, so polarized, and everyone's at each other's throats these days. And the Supreme Court, there's not a lot of love lost there. You know, what's uh, fascinating also is that Bloomberg in this article points to two potential bridge builders, people who are the, you know, if they were going to send out – the representatives of each team, right? If you've got six conservatives and three uh, liberal justices, the ones that would sort of meet in the middle to discuss things would be Brett Kavanaugh and Elena Kagan. But that recently they've been at each other's throats because they don't like the way the court is handling the emergency requests that come in. They call it the shadow docket. If you critics call it the shadow docket. And that doesn't necessarily explain why they're so backloaded in terms of the decisions that still have yet to be moved, but they're saying that the strife that exists within the room in those nine justices' brains is enough to delay even some of the cases that 
nobody knows about. I mean, the really specific uh, in the weeds kind of legal cases that you and I wouldn't, we would have zero ability to even speak on because they're so in the weeds when it comes to the legal ramifications of it. Well, the FDA's response to a recall at a baby formula facility is the subject of a new investigation. The Department of Health and Human Services confirming the investigation regarding that Abbott nutrition plant. It's going to focus on the FDA's actions before the recall in February. We told you about the president being pissed he wasn't given a heads up about this formula shortage before he was finally told about it. We'll check in with Washington and see about the questions surrounding the administration's response to the baby formula shortage when we come back. We heard earlier in the week that the president, by some accounts, was upset that he was not given a heads up on this baby formula shortage before he was finally told about this in early April. M. Wynn joins us now from Washington, from ABC News, with all of the latest. What's going on there today, M.? Right. So there is some frustration from President Biden. He actually met yesterday with top executives that make baby formula. And there was this exchange in conversation, which actually just raised more questions to kind of an already problematic timeline. Basically, during this roundtable The executives told the president after they were asked by the president um, whether or not they knew that there would be a big impact uh, when all of this was unfolding in the last few months. They said they knew the substantial impact the shutdown of a major production plant, which in this case is Abbott Nutrition, would have on the U.S. And at that time, around February, almost immediately reached out to their partners like Target and Walmart to tell them, hey, you got to order and you got to distribute very quickly. There's going to be a big impact. And so the president, when he was asked uh, by reporters, he said, quote, they did, but I didn't, meaning that he was not made aware of this situation until early April. And remember, that recall happened in February, so a few months before the president was even flagged on this. And so certainly there are questions that are raised as to why the president wasn't told, why wasn't he informed. And these questions were posed to the White House press secretary, um, Karine Jean-Pierre, and she insisted that the administration itself had been working to address this issue within days of the plant's closure. And she didn't say more about why the president wasn't alerted, but she did say it's not unusual or uncommon for the administration to respond without the president's involvement. There was a, uh, a member of Congress um, who said that they, members of Congress, heard as far back as October of last year from a whistleblower who talked about the potential concerns with that plant in Sturgis. Um, Rosa DeLauro, um, the congresswoman, said that she heard months before the plant was closed that A, it was a problem, and B, it was going to be a massive uh, issue if they had to close that plant down because the amount of formula they pump out of there. Right, exactly. So the timeline in which this is happening, and that also in and of, it, of itself is raising a lot of questions, is that back in September, even before that October whistleblower came forward, back in September, the FDA actually ran their own inspection of Abbott's plant. And they found some sanitation issues, but not enough to raise red flags, and they just moved on. Then in October, that whistleblower that you mentioned did raise even more concerns alleging unsanitary conditions, saying that employees were falsifying information to keep the FDA from learning about serious conditions. 
And then two months later, and remember, this whistleblower sent all this information over to the FDA as well as other agencies. Two months later is when we find out that these two infants had died and another was hospitalized from bacterial infections after ingesting the formula that was made at the plant. And so that raised many more questions why the FDA wasn't responding fast enough. The FDA actually did an inspection at the end of January, and then Abbott formally recalled um, their formula February of uh, the mid-February, so February 17th, and then the shutdown happened after that. And so there's a lot of questions rising from Congress because that was actually those questions were were said during a hearing. But those questions are rising as to why the FDA seemed to have not optimally responded, and many criticized the FDA for not responding fast enough. And so certainly these are questions that are evolving. And now this morning we're learning that the Inspector General at the Health and Human Services Office is launching an audit into how the FDA responded leading up to that recall of baby formula and the closure of that Michigan uh, plant for Abbott's. And so they're going to be looking into who is accountable, who is responsible. Is it the FDA? Is it certain executives? Is it the White House? And it's going to be very extensive. That report will come out um, expected to come out next year, maybe around the summertime. Or is it the way, you know, that it's regulated uh, as, you know, should it be regulated as food, not pharmaceuticals? Would that cut down on government interference or make it easier for uh, there to be more supplies opened up? I haven't read many anecdotes of, of mothers struggling to find baby formula. Have we filled the backlog? Is it starting to be filled? Where do we stand with with that? So certainly we were seeing this huge space in store shelves where baby formula was out of stock. As of May 22nd, and this is the latest update from a healthcare research company called IRI, it was actually 23% of baby formula was still out of stock. And I think it was around that time one of our correspondents, who's actually a mother herself of a toddler, was looking around for baby formula around that time. And she went to seven stores before she found something for her own child. And she was actually reporting on it at the White House. So certainly we are hearing some anecdotes. And it seems as if uh, right now that supply as of today seems to be alleviated just a bit. And that's because the administration has kind of put a a Band-Aid on it. They have this Operation Fly formula where they're sending in, uh, importing some foreign supplies. We know that a third and fourth round of formula is coming in the next maybe three weeks or so. It's going to be 8.3 million eight-ounce bottles of baby formula from the UK and Australia. Remember, imports do help for now, but it's not going to end the shortage. And so long term, they need to figure out the regulators, uh, the FDA, the administration need to figure out where they're going to be reopening Abbott or whether or not they're going to get more supplies for the other companies. But certainly this is just uh, a helpful notion at this point. Mm -hmm. But the long term, they're going to need a solution. Em, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. And when they're from Washington, D.C. Just wanted to mention this briefly uh, coming out this hour that White House interns will be paid for the first time in U.S. history. Program starts in the fall. White House statement says unpaid federal internships have become a barrier to hardworking and talented students and professionals. Statement calling the move a significant milestone. I guess that, you know, if you can intern at the White House and you don't need money, 
that kind of puts you at as, as an advantage. I suppose. Unless you're somebody who, you know, you know, if you got family money or you're independently wealthy, you can go be an intern at the White House. But if you have to actually work for a living, you can't do it. And they be, may be missing out on some talent. Right. All right. Uh, when we come back, Brad Garrett, a longtime law enforcement himself, uh, is going to join us. And we're going to talk a little bit about what law enforcement's reaction is or has been to what we saw out of Uvalde, Texas. Part of it was uh, seen yesterday in response to the Tulsa, Oklahoma shooting. The chief of police in Tulsa, the mayor of Tulsa, touted the response time and said that the uh, law enforcement officers that responded to that shooting acted quickly. They did not delay. There was no hesitation. And it almost sounded like it was a direct pushback to the information that we saw coming out of Uvalde, Texas. Sure did. We'll talk to Brad when we come back to Gary and Shannon. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.